Hey everybody, welcome to Puff Puff Pass. I'm Christian, joined here with my co-host and wife, Sahara. Where This is the podcast where we talk about our favorite and least favorite movies and make and spill tea. <laughs> make and spill tea. What, uh, we are going to be talking about the 2018 Bad Times at the El Royale. It is a crime, a drama, and mystery directed and written by Drew Goddard. Starring Jeff Bridges, Cynthia Rivo, Dakota Johnson, John Hamm, Chris Hemsworth, Louis Pullman, and Nick Offerman. <laughs> Music by Michael Giacchino. Uh, Drew Goddard, might have heard of him before. He, as you might guess, as a director, has directed other movies such as Cabin in the Woods. Have you ever seen that movie? Uh, that's a horror movie, right? Oh, sort of, kind of. Oh, yes. I, I've never. I'm not a horror person, so yeah. no. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, I really loved it. Are which makes sure? me yeah so which brings me to the question christian yes <laughs> do you remember this movie do i remember this movie yeah like like yeah. Well, i'd like going to watch this movie yeah i was, I, was, I dragged sahara to go see this when mm-hmm. it first came out we were we were still dating at the time because <laughs> we were in uh this come out in the fall or summer it's probably either way we were probably right after we graduated high school yeah i think so i don't think it came out yeah because i was in college so um, I remember we saw the trailer and I leaned over to you and I was like, I think you might like this. And I was like, I do. <laughs> so. I remember that. So. Forgive me, audience. <laughs> Sponsored by Yahoo. By, by Yahoo? Is that what it's called? It's Yoohoo. Oh my god! <laughs> Yahoo is like the email and news site. He's drinking chocolate milk. Chalky milk. Oh, I forgot to shake it. Hold on. <laughs> So this movie grossed about thirty-one point nine million out of its thirty-two million dollar budget. Which means they were broke. I don't. Yeah, but this is like this really underperformed though. Well, from what when I did research, it's not that it really underperformed. Mm-hmm. It's that there were like other movies, mm-hmm. big movies out at the time. Yeah. I mean, not big movies. I mean, like this. Okay, I will say this film did kind of underperform just because. Although there were other big movies coming out, on its opening weekend, it made less money than Night School, the Kevin Hart movie. And that movie had been out for three weeks at that point. So, it did kind of underperform, but then again, this kind of genre of films aren't super popular. Most people think action or horror movies or uh, even thrillers. This one's technically a thriller, Mm -hmm. but it's more of a crime and drama. And... I mean, hell, more people watched, I think, uh, what was it? Uh, what was the Elton John movie? Uh, Rocket Man? Yeah. More people probably watched Rocket Man mm-hmm. in, like, the first few hours than this movie made in its entire run, so. That's crazy. Well, I heard that a lot of people, like, didn't go see this movie because it was just so long. Yeah, this movie is, like, exactly two hours long, mm-hmm. I think. It's, like, two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah. Is it 2 hour 15? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess it is. Like, if you, like, minus the credits. Oh. Well, yeah. So, okay. it's, like, the runtime is, like, 2.21. Yeah. It's a long movie. But I like it. It's actually... It's honestly... It, it's, like, in my top five films. Really? I've heard that before. You've heard other yeah. people say that? You've heard yeah. I've heard, that. I've heard other people say that. What do you mean that? you've heard me say that? No, I've definitely I've heard other people. I've definitely said it before. Yeah. Anyway... <laughs> So, like... For a while, this was my number one favorite movie. Oh, really? I think it's made one of the, uh... I think, like... Somebody said... One, like... 
this is one of the movies that are like in the top 10 of this like century (laughs) i think that's what they said or like maybe like i don't know i want to say century but it was like half a decade maybe decade i can't remember when i was writing my notes don't look or else you won't believe me (laughs) um I was writing my notes. Mm-hmm. I was like, th- I, I, I came to like the realization, like this is like the least Oscar baity Oscar bait movie. Really? That's funny. Like you can look at this movie, you can watch the trailer and be mm-hmm. like, oh, someone made that because they want to win awards, uh-huh. which they did, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But like, it doesn't really feel like like it feels like a generally good movie that has like Marvel movies don't win awards, but they're fun. This yeah. is how this movie felt like. It was fun to it watch. It was fun to watch. And I don't care if it didn't perform as well. I feel like it'd be a lot better if there were more cuts i feel like i'm watching this director's like director's cut when i didn't ask for it (laughs) you know what i mean like all these extra scenes that i felt like were a little unnecessary and one of the complaints that i heard is that like um that there were just some scenes that were unnecessary but then like there was another thing that i've heard but i can't remember this movie did a really good job uh-huh. of telling multiple stories very well you think so oh it was the, like ju- like they were telling the stories right in the middle of the action like you were interested in a scene and then boom another like it cuts away yeah well this movie it did a good job of controlling its story like mm-hmm. it, it wasn't dragging on a subject too long yeah but i will say there was probably parts of that movie i feel like could have been elaborated on more mm-hmm and parts that could have been elaborated on a little less. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's a pretty solid film. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll save my rating for the end, but I really like the movie. Yeah. So do you, like, did you catch, like, the right versus the wrong um, duality in this movie? What do you mean? Like, like elaborate. this is... I, I want to know what you're thinking. Like, my thoughts are, like, okay, we're dividing California and Nevada... And then even when um, Billy, he's like, oh, you either choose the right yeah. or the wrong. But, like, there was a lot of that. Like, right. Like, when um, Flynn, like, he stole the money, but he ends up saving. Don't spoil it I'm yet. Not spoiling well, you're, you're spoiling it, what happened. <laughs> That's just what I mean. Did you catch a lot of that? Yeah, I caught, I caught the duality, the mm-hmm. uh, motif that got brought up a lot. But yeah. yeah. Do you agree that the main takeaway from this film is that not all good men are great? I think the main takeaways were mean to me. <laughs> but I don't think it was making that point. Mm-hmm. Because, sorry, mm-hmm. every character you see uh-huh. is, like, flawed in some way. And um, hot take incoming, but uh, film is very nuanced. <laughs> and additional hot take, no one's perfect. So I feel like, sure, film plays it up a little bit and and, uh, trying to put people in the good and bad categories, but, like, no one in this movie is a good person. Mm -hmm. And there's theories about... there's In this movie, there's a film reel that gets talked about a lot Mm -hmm. that they found. There's theories about who the person in the film is, Mm -hmm. and every theory I've read uh, is like, oh, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, actually. But... Yeah, I mean, I, I, it doesn't make the claim that, yeah, not all men, good men are great. Yeah, I mean, also, not all bad men are evil. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you see that in the movie with, like, yeah. the main character. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not that worried about it. I feel it. like this one doesn't really have a main character. I think it I think it has two main characters. Mm-hmm. I think they're opposite sides of the, the 
not opposite sides of the same coin. I just think they're like different ends of the scale, mm. you might say. Yeah. But yeah, it, it definitely has a main character. Okay. Well, did you know like out of like, cause like, you know how the move like under performance budget like did you know that, like a bunch of actors took like pay cuts to allow production to like take more direction and I wanted to ask you do you think that it paid off like the story that they told because they made all these sacrifices do you think that those pay cuts were like you well, know like paid off yeah definitely I mean the, a, everything in this movie paid off mm-hmm. again it's one of my favorites but like yeah. I mean you gotta remember that budget mm-hmm. is like that but the original budget, which was probably a little less than three thirty one point nine million, mm-hmm. maybe maybe it was a lot more. Who knows? But it was that million. includes actor salary. Mm-hmm. Wait, how much was the original budget? Thirty two million. Oh, thirty two million. Yeah. Well, yeah. Is that is that it? it That's all it said. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, that includes actor salaries mm-hmm. or pay or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, they get that much, but out of a film, let's say that was thirty million dollars. You're a bringing on people like Jeff Bridges and Chris, J- John Hayes. Oh, I have a question. And, and I'm sorry Hemsworth. to interrupt. Go ahead. Do you think that celebrities who get paid that much, do you think they take, each time they're working on a project, every two weeks they get paid? Does it work like that, or do they just get $31 million right off of that? It's usually when the film's done. Oh, really? I feel like getting into being an actor or actress sucks. Because oh. you can do all this work, you mm-hmm. can either not get the part, mm-hmm. you can... Um, try out for the audition yeah. get very far and then not get very far mm-hmm. you can get the part and then just get cut by the director later on that's the film does get made you don't get paid that's crazy I mean people who and it, I'm sure it's different for like the really high budget studios because mm-hmm. obviously you, I would I would pay great actors money just to be there not actually finish it but yeah. like but like so I don't know I'm probably just talking to made that up but um, but like even the film crews the film crew like light sound mm-hmm. audio yeah their uh light and uh stage direction even the guy who does the catering they're all getting paid the whole time i know that for sure mm-hmm. having worked with enough film people they're getting paid mm-hmm. unless they're interns the film interns don't get paid oh but my i mean they do but not but back to your original thought do you think like all those cuts made like like the sacrifices were paid off yeah like a great film yeah i think they even put more in than they should have like Chris Hemsworth, this is probably one, one of my favorite of his performances. Granted, really? granted, I can't name a lot of Chris Hemsworth movies that don't have Marvel attached to it. <laughs> but let's let's see. Well, you keep going. I'm gonna look up some of his movies I might have seen. I just feel like Chris Hemsworth. It was really hard for me to see him that way. Like, did he give a as like what? a perf- like as like a charismatic leader? You know what I mean? Oh, he was oh. in Captain of the Woods. Duh. <laughs> oh, you didn't know that? I've never seen it. Oh, yeah. Oh, Snow White and the Hunts- Huntsman seen that. Red Dawn mm-hmm. seen that. Star Trek, yeah, Star Trek in the Darkness. He's in that? He's George Kirk. No, he's not. Yeah. That's Chris Pine. No, that no George Kirk is his dad. Uh, oh, yeah! Fake fan. <laughs> uh, Black Cat. I haven't seen it all the way. Go- mm-hmm. Oh, he's in Ghostbusters. I like that. Ghostbusters. You liked him in Ghostbusters? That's why I'm saying this is really hard for me to see because he's usually like this really yeah. fun, lovable yeah. man. In this movie, Chris Hemsworth plays Billy Lee, mm-hmm. a very persuading cult leader from California. Not like 
related to the Manson family, but definitely Winkle draws Winkle draws in, influence on it. <laughs> I'm really eating all these. You're not going to stop me, huh? Yeah, sorry. We're sponsored by Insomnia Cookies. Yeah, I'm not going to eat. I'm not okay. Insomnia has a mint chocolate chip cookie. I'm not eating that again. I like mint stuff. I like chocolate. I like mint and chocolate. That cookie feels weird. Like, I, I, I ate some and then mm. I drank some milk and it was like, the milk is minty. <laughs> um... So, shall we get into it? Shall we start? Yes, we shall. All right. Bad times bum, at bum. the El Royale. So, I'm going to read my notes because this first sentence is like super similar to mine. Okay. Oh my God, go to... <laughs> I have it on notes and docs just in case. Oh my goodness. Film begins. <laughs> we start. So, I said... um and, oh, yep, there it is. Empty hotel. I said motel. Oh, I said hotel. You said <laughs> Congratulations. hotel. Congratulations. Uh, ho- there's an empty hotel room. You're looking at a camera from the back of the room. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so you can see the front door and everything. Uh, this guy comes in. He covers all the windows. And it's not like a fluid shot. It's he It's he walked. It's the door opens. He looks around the room. Cut. And then a, the next scene is him, like, uh pulling the curtain shut and it like cuts to like each individual curtain. Oh, I enjoy the style and then and then the and then he yeah anyway he starts moving the bed around uh he moves the bed to one side mm-hmm. rolls the carpet up moves the bed to the other side keeps rolling the carpet up and all these are like cutting in between but like um and then we see him hide this, his bag that he brought in he just hides it in the floorboards or whatever mm-hmm. uh later uh just want to take a side note here so um I thought this was and uh, take this with a grain of salt, <coughs> film minor. Uh, <laughs> this reminded me very much of The Godfather. Really? Like, and not the just, way it's stylized yeah, and, and cut and, up and like not, that? Not just, and not just because it's a part of a mob movie, but like, yeah. literally, like, just the way it's stylized and like the way in The Godfather they make, they don't, the, none of the actors say it, obviously, but like, they make the point that the, uh, their crime isn't just crime it's a business yeah. like it's the family business yeah like you're supposed to like take care of it you can't just go be like oh uh, let's order a hit on this guy or let's go rob that bank like you gotta also like look out for your own too so like okay i'm fine <laughs> and anyway it's like like that like him, him as a business mm-hmm. you this is the way the editing is like showing him doing tasks or whatever and not the space between mm-hmm. makes it feel like he's completing a job and hence it, this completing cr- a job this crime crime crime, yeah. crime is a business i feel like the style of like this first scene alone i've seen this many cuts like this is supposed to be like like this is what you're gonna see for the rest of the movie the stylization of cuts yeah like not everything is going to be like one long thing you know yeah and this so this entire scene you're still in the back of the hotel room yeah. like you don't move you don't follow him around the room uh-uh. you 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 stay back there so mm-hmm. you're just watching him move across the screen it's like watching a stage play if that makes sense like mm-hmm. you can see the walls of the facade mm-hmm. but you don't actually know that or, or but the audience but he doesn't know that we know he's watching yeah or he doesn't know that we're watching is what i mean yes we're very like as the audience we do feel very voyeuristic sometimes like we're watching this and it's like obviously the film's not gonna be like did you see i shot that guy yeah. like looking to, at us but yeah. like it's very um we're like it's like we're in somebody's eyes in the room yeah like someone's sitting there and they can't see you yes very big thing in this movie you want to take the next scene um 
Yeah, guy. we kind of see him break the fourth wall, kind of. Like, he goes up towards the camera and looks right at us, being like, after he's finished his job, you know? Yeah. And then we see him, like, like I think that's when he starts the job. I think that's before he starts the job. He looks in the mirror and he gets started. And yeah, then he cleans so. up everything. He, he, he takes his break. He did his job, finishes everything, and then he's just waiting. Yeah. You know? After that, he leaves. He mm-hmm. takes a smoke break outside, or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's not outside. He's still in the hotel room. We're watching. Oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah. Like, sorry. Yeah. yeah. He, anyway, he takes a smoke. I thought he walked outside. For a no. Oh, never mind. Anyway, but uh, after that, he gets a knock at the door. Mm-hmm. He like checks through the curtains or whatever. He's like, all right. He opens the door, and it's someone. Someone we assume that he knows because mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, oh okay. Yeah. He, he tells him to come in. Yeah. He, turn, he tells him to come in. He turns around and he walks back towards something. Like he's walking towards the camera right now, and the guy who's at the door just fires a shotgun into his back yeah and blood splatters the camera uh-huh. cut to black yeah title card title card i have heard the way this movie is split up is like it's like a it's like a play mm-hmm. i've heard that this movie loves its title yes card. oh my goodness which makes me feel like i've heard a lot of complaints that it was like this movie should have been more like like a tv show because it's so episodic. And did you know that the director also directs, like, Daredevil on Netflix? I did not know that. You didn't know that? No. I didn't know that either until somebody told me. And, like, I just thought that was so, like... I've never watched Daredevil. Yeah. But, like, I can see how this movie should have... Like, I feel like I would enjoy this a lot more. So it's, like, it's it was, giving Daredevil. <laughs> it was a 45-minute, like, episode. You know, I want to, like... I, I think that's really stupid. Why? I feel like there's could have been more to Movies this. like this bridge the gap between film, like, mm-hmm. full feature-length films. I mean, this one's, like, two hours long. Yeah. TV. So. Yeah. We're having a little munch-munch on some Insomnia Yeah, we got the munchies right already. <laughs> Sponsored by Insomnia Cookies. Hmm. <laughs> oh, you don't want the bat in the box no, over fine. there? Whatever. I can do it. All right. So. So. A title card cut to ten years, and we see a car enter the El Royale parking lot. And that's where we meet Darlene, played by Cynthia. I've... Ivaro? Cynthia what? Uh, oh, Arivo? Oh, yeah, Arivo. I'm sorry. I'm high. You're fine. <laughs> but um, she played uh, Harriet Tubman in Harriet. I didn't know that. Yeah. And Never she's saw like, it, so. Yeah. Well. Why did you see it? No, but I got nominated for a bunch of stuff. Because I remember her, like, being at the Oscars and her, like, singing. Remember what I said about Oscar bait? They bring in everybody. If anybody's even been in talks or for an Oscar, they're on this movie, bro. <laughs> so, they got John Hamm. <laughs> so she gets her staff ready to check into the hotel. And then we see a priest, played by Jeff Bridges, standing Woo! in front of one of the hotel rooms. And she asks him if he's lost. He says no, but he makes a joke about being in Nevada. And we see that the hotel is placed where the state line connects California and Nevada. Which is so cool. Do you like the way the hotel looked? Yeah. I yeah. love the oh, way I, it I love the setting. It's so nice. So uh, the priest helps Darlene into the hotel, and they make more jokes about state lines. Like, he's like, he's in California. He's like, so how's Nevada? She's like, oh, it's nice out here. How's California? Uh-huh. And then they switch, and it's really cute. Like, and you can already tell, like, they have this really cute, like, little dynamic they got back and forth. It's like, I... I really love them together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I enjoyed what they had. Gotta remember, it takes place in the 60s, so he's trying to not be awkward, and she's like, oh, is he racist? Literally. But I mean, like, I mean, like, she's starting to warm up to him. Yeah. But anyway, but then after that, 
we get uh, the man, John Hamm, pops mm. up from behind the bar. Mm. He lets them know that he was there first. Like, he makes that a point, too. Yeah. But anyway, he explains that he uh, was ringing the bell to catch the concierge's attention. But uh, he got tired of that, so he went to go find some coffee. And he said that he found something better. Which is like alcohol. Yeah. Because <laughs> he motions to the bar, because, you know, that's where he is. But uh, we learned his name is uh, Laramie Seymour Sullivan. Hell of a name, by the way. <laughs> and uh, he's a sales manager who sells... What does he sell, Sarah? Vacuum cleaners. Vacuum cleaners. <laughs> and we learned the priest's name is Daniel Flynn. Uh, Larry me asked what he's doing all the way out here and uh, saying the, you know, priest in a casino. Uh, but then, uh, anyway, and then Flynn explains he's going to a convent in Indiana. Woo! Woo! Uh, Larry me tells Flynn that he can try the bell hopping for better luck to, like, ring the bell. Yeah. And then he turns to Darlene and he's like, are you hospitality? And she's like, No. Which was like... And I know! I'm just like, bruh, why are you coming after my girl, Darlene? Don't do my Darlene like that. What, so you think I work here? Literally. Literally. Anyway, and, and, uh, what was I saying? And further, he goes on saying, uh, back in the early 60s, this place, the, uh, Hotel El Royale, or is it just called the the El Royale? It's just called the El Royale. Yeah, anyway. Uh, what he says, uh, back when the hotel was in, back in its heyday, uh, it was, uh, swing, as he calls it. As uh, Flynn is just, you know, looking outside of concern. He does. He's like, he's like, let me look out the window real let quick. Me, uh, like, he's so sus. <laughs> like, the very, like, get-go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we see Darlene while he's, like, explaining, like, about how great the casino or hotel used to be. Okay. Like, she's looking at all the people, the celebrities on the wall. And, um, and we learned that the hotel is only deserted now because it lost its, um, gambling license a year ago. Which is crazy because, like, you're in Nevada. How hard could it be? Charleston, <laughs> California. Half of you. <coughs> oh, yeah. By the way, the, um, the bar, or not the bar. I think the bar, there's bars on both sides mm-hmm. because you also have to get a state liquor license. Mm-hmm. But the casino is only on the Nevada side because gambling is illegal in California. Or at least it was in the 60s. <laughs> That's just... I don't, is that real? What? Like, that rule? Well, I mean, yeah, as long as you're on your side of the state line, it's whatever. Is gambling still illegal in some states? Gambling's illegal in every state, except for Nevada. It's only here because that's federal land, technically. Well, oh. I think... I don't, I don't know how the rules work. That's crazy. I don't know. I think that's how it works. I'm going to have a bite of your brownie. <laughs> so, we watch Laramie go on and on about his business as well as the hotel when Darlene finally gets fed up and she starts like pounding on the door of the concierge to get somebody's attention. Let me in. And that's when we finally meet uh, Miles Miller, Favorite played character. by Lewis Pullman. And uh, he, if you've seen it, is also in Maverick Top Gun. Yes, he is in Top Gun Maverick. He was Bob. It's our boy Bob, Bob. who is also wholesome. What's up with him playing these wholesome characters? Hey, hey what do you call oh, uh, Bob? No, like, what's your call sign? Just Bob. <laughs> He's such a cutie. And then, like, I don't know if you saw, but towards the end of this movie, his, the, you know how their helmets have names? Mm-hmm. His just says Bob, like, painted on. Yeah, Bob. and then you remember when, what's his name? He just named Vomit Man. <coughs> Hangman. Hangman? Vomit Hangman. Man? <laughs> I can't remember. Whatever you say, Batman. He man. said, Bob stands for baby on board. <laughs> Cried. <laughs> Why did you say that? Literally. Did he, did he, was that was he like joking or was he like? I think he was just being an asshole. But oh, I, would, yeah. I, I bet you in real life the whole crew would have started dying because I would have, I would have, I've been like Bob, baby, it's okay, hun. Bob, Bob says don't come to flight training tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
my god oh my god <laughs> oh my god he apologizes to the crowd of customers for taking so long and he stops with like fear in his eyes when he sees father Flynn. he's like <gasps> yeah so Flynn looks confused and he's like do i know you son and yeah, Miles tells him, he's like, oh, I know you, like, you're the father, you're the priest of some whatever church. <laughs> but Miles tells him, he's like, this is no place for a priest. And things explains, this is exactly where the Lord wants him to be, which is like... Which is smart, but yeah, also like, I, if, I, if somebody, anybody ever said that, I was like, oh, this is no place for a priest. And I was a priest, I'd be like, darn. <laughs> You got me. So Laramie gets excited, obviously knowing a lot about this hotel already. He's like, oh, give him the El Royale spiel. Yeah. And he says, and he, I know it is so cute. He's like, "Um, this is a bi-state establishment. You have the options to stay in either the great state of California or the great state of Nevada. Warmth and sunshine in the West or hope and opportunity to the East. Which would you prefer? <laughs> oh, also, um, Miles is also the bartender. Yes, he, he, and the cook he, and the he, hospitality. He's the cook and the hospitality and the bartender and the concierge and the, so the bellhop. Oh my god, like, poor baby. <laughs> Paycheck must be fat. But... <laughs> if Flynn asks him, he's like, okay, so what's the difference? And Miles explains that all the rooms in California cost a dollar more. And Laramie complains. He was like, oh, this is not the last time I came here. And Flynn, like, looks at the map of the hotel. Honeymoon suite. <laughs> As Flynn looks over the map, Miles further explains what, what is offered at the hotel. Then we hear, like, an engine, like, roaring outside. And we cut to, like, another car, like, speeding. She's like, <laughs> into the driveway. <laughs> so we see Flynn start to flip a coin. I think Laramie hands it to him, and he's like, oh, just, you know, pick. Because <laughs> he's taking so long to pick a room out. And it lands on heads, and he says, well, I shall take room number four. I gotta remember that later, by the way. I think I wrote it down. Miles gets out uh, this, like, gigantic book and asks him to sign their names in the ledger. And he gets a Nevada-shaped key. Darlene also gets a room in Nevada, and she goes to room well, five. Well, the, the keys aren't shaped. It's their keychains. Oh, yeah, the key fobs. Yeah, the key, fo- the key chains look yeah. like uh, California. Blue California or orange Nevada. I'm pretty sure it was red. Whatever. <laughs> Who cares? I saw Darlene gets room number five, and she uh, she asked to have a room, like, further away. And, like, Laramie continues to, like, be an asshole. And then uh, we see Emily walk in, played by Dakota Johnson. Christian, we're sensing a theme here. We're doing another Dakota Johnson movie. Against my will. <laughs> <laughs> I said this movie before you even said Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh my gosh. Darlene pays for her room. And then Mile asks, because they had the coffee that Laramie made. Each coffee is like 25 cents, so they each got to pay 25 cents for the coffee. And Darlene starts looking a little worried. She's like, she starts counting her money. And uh, Flynn pays for her coffee. How sweet. Literally. What a sweet, sweet man. Yeah, sweet, sweet man. So, um, after that, uh, uh, Miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, well, actually, Sol- uh, Sullivan's like, oh, Miles. Because by this point, Emily mm-hmm. has walked in. Mm-hmm. And Miles and, and uh, Laramie's like, oh, uh, give her the thing. And he's like, and Miles is like, and he walks over to the spot. Oh, yeah, he keeps up. Welcome to the L or whatever. <laughs> and uh, Emily's like, I don't care. She says, I'll take room, whatever. I'll take room, whatever. Oh, she says, I'll take room, but Laramie tells her, 
and she can't have any of the room that she wants and she's like i just want a room along this wall and he tells her that those rooms are not clean and she's like i don't give a shit yeah <laughs> so he gives her a key uh shaped in nevada and before she walks away miles asks her to sign the letter or ledger and that's when she writes fuck you and i'm like oh my god i'm not gonna lie i really enjoyed this performance that's why i said she's such her a best, cool girl her best performance. she's a cool girl she's too cool to play anna her best performance <laughs> i would say it's her so best, um but. after that laramie uh goes to his room right yeah it's room one he gets room yeah one. he gets room one the honeymoon suite by the way no yeah, you missed a title card because then it cuts like after laramie gets his room uh-huh it cuts the title card and it says room one well and yeah. that's when we see him open the door well that's what it, okay okay title card you can pay attention to title cards <laughs> I, I didn't i just know they're there yeah title card room one room one honeymoon suite uh that's like yeah cut from the inside it's him opening the door or whatever mm-hmm he gets down and uh he immediately notices uh that there are bugs and not like the ants or termites like the listening to you while you're on the phone kind there's uh, a bug that is not what happens you're going okay fine you do do it since you know everything <laughs> i'm just saying before he, a finds smart a bug, before he finds a bug he calls his family well yeah okay yeah he calls his family that's not important yeah, but it's, it's never addressed okay. i know it's never addressed but like it's yeah, really it's, it's sweet. gonna be real sad when they get that check. no because that's when we finally realize he's lying because he had all this ridiculous accent this entire time when he calls his daughter and they're like praying together it's so sweet okay. i mean that's when we first time family gets that government check <laughs> okay but look but then we realize that he's been lying this entire time like a liar but as he's going through the phone for checking for wires, that's when he sees it. Yeah. And should I talk about it later? Because it's not super important later. But it's, impor- it's important to this scene. Whole... Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So after that, he's like, okay. He starts going through anything in the apartment. Like mm-hmm. other phones, mm-hmm. listening machines, mm-hmm. uh, the fire, the smoke detector or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the light switches. Looking for bugs. Mm-hmm. And he finds dozens, maybe even a hundred of these. He finds nine. He finds nine. Mm-hmm. He found a lot more than nine. There was nine on the table. There was a, a lot more than nine. <laughs> nine. What, whatever. <laughs> whatever. There's still a lot. What a, a nine? Anyway. Mm-hmm. He But the thing is, he found two as well. There were No, t- there were nine rows. There was one row that was of nine, and the of next row was nine as well. So then we were 18. The thing is, he found two in each thing. Yeah. There, were, there, was yeah. two, there were two bugs. Yeah. And... It, it, it it's a line that if you miss it you'll never know mm-hmm. and you'll always wonder what the big deal was but later in the movie we find out that he is a can i say it or should i wait I would say okay he's an fbi agent okay okay and he was sent there to collect a bunch of bugs from oh so they knew there was bugs there yeah the fbi put those bugs there mm-hmm. the problem was he was finding two bugs someone not only knew where the bugs were but put their own as well and that's why he was calling at the phone booth that one time really yeah i didn't realize that i thought it was just one it was the same like one was maybe like a microphone the other was like i don't know and that's why i'm pretty sure that's why unless i'm mistaken but that's why uh j edgar hoover fbi Mm -hmm. head at the time uh told him to uh uh make all their cars non-functional because mm. they wanted to investigate it okay oh and the i think the tape was important 
so then like while he's like unpacking all of these things he's looking through the mirror and he starts looking at the mirror intently like he's like hmm so that's when we see him start counting the steps outside his hotel room mm-hmm. uh, which was really by, smart by the way yeah i wouldn't have thought about that and neither have i Yeah, he's like he's pretty much he's like okay. Well, if they've gone to the effort to locate every bug and then put their own there, mm-hmm. that's probably because obviously we would find that mm-hmm. there's there's got to be something more. So he goes outside. Do you he, think those wires were theirs? What? He was checking their wires, but then he found the second one. Yeah, he was looking for the FBI's wires. The thing was. Because he works at the FBI. The FBI wanted him to take them out. I didn't know that was their wires. Yeah, the oh. FBI wanted him to remove them. The problem oh. was they were finding other people's bugs, too. Whoa. So they were, So the FBI was upset. They were like, why... Not only did they not take out our bugs, but they added their own as well, which means they know they're there. But anyway, yeah. anyway so he goes outside, and mm-hmm. he's like... He realizes that the hotel looks a lot bigger on the outside, and not just, like, obviously, you know, but... Mm-hmm. He goes out, and he counts the steps or measuring his feet mm-hmm. on the outside wall to the inside wall mm-hmm. and he notices the outside wall is like substantially bigger mm. like there's a substantial difference to the point where he's like oh there might be a room back there or a hidden something i don't yeah. know anyway so uh, he makes his way back inside like the main lobby yeah, and he, then we see the tv like that says the often like audience and we see a press conference of the white house like regarding the vietnam war and then laramie goes Nixon. behind behind the counter and he takes a nevada key room but then we pan back to the tv where they have breaking news about a murder in malibu that's closely resembles pretty sure Manson i'm pretty sure murders. that's the Manson murder yeah no, it says Malibu. They call it the Malibu. Oh, the Massacre. Malibu Mar- yeah. Massacre. Well, I mean that's probably because the, the Mansons—they did California. Okay. They weren't in Florida. Okay, hold on. Um, when did the uh, Manson uh, murders happen? Because uh, when what year does this movie take place? Late sixties. Yeah, but that took place in California. I'm pretty sure... That murder took place in the movies in Malibu. I'm pretty sure it took place in 1969. Yeah. But it was whatever. Go ahead. So we see Laramie go into the back hallway, checking the doors. And the first door, it says, like, maintenance. So he goes in, and we see, like, a passed out Miles. Like, a belt over his arm, and then, like, a needle sticking in his vein. And you're like, so now we see why it took so long. Yeah. Heroin is a hell of a drug. Don't do it, kids. Don't do it. Sponsored by Insomnia Cookies. <laughs> so we cut to Laramie trying to open another door, and when the key doesn't work, he starts picking the lock. Which makes me think, why didn't he do that with the first door? Like, yeah, why? <laughs> I didn't get it. So uh, he enters what looks like a dark basement with dark hallways, and we start seeing the other side of the rooms like through the mirror. Yeah, so the mirrors are two-way glass. Yeah. Well, technically one-way glass. But, like, not in the mm-hmm. way like glass should be. Like, one person can see through, but the other person can't see out. Yeah. So, people in the back hallway can look into the room through the room's mirror, mm-hmm. but the people in the room just think it's a regular mirror. I think they know what a two-way mirror is. Okay, well, you're going you're gonna to find out what a two-way mirror is. <laughs> <laughs> so, he keeps going further down, and then we see a camera pointed at one of the rooms, and you're like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, oh, we see him stop at Flynn's room, and then that's where we see Flynn, like, pulling up the floorboards and you're like whoa so we know he's looking for whatever that guy in the beginning had yeah and then he moves on and we see darlene putting up soundproof foam on the walls and she sets up her metronome and then we see her sing until laramie like turns on the little like sound thing and then we can actually hear her Uh uh-huh 
So Laramie walks back to Flynn's room where he's standing in the hole. He looks like he's just out of breath while Darlene's voice just carries throughout the entire hallway. So and, like, and it just keeps playing the entire time. So he watches Darlene sing one more time before walking two rooms past her. And that's where we see Emily carry out like a passed out girl into her room. Which was like... Yeah, I know. She's tying her into the chair. So Larry leaves to check the camera, but it doesn't. But he doesn't see Emily like carry her shotgun to the other side of the room because like we as the audience see her do that, but and um, Laramie doesn't see it, which I think is really crazy for like later when he gets like yeah, go on, go on, go. <laughs> So, he goes back to turn off Darlene singing before running out to make a phone call. Turn it off. So, like, we see him talk to the, to the uh, director's office and the case number he to verify that it's him, to whoever he's calling. And we learn that Laramie is special agent. Is a special agent, and his real name is Not Brockbeck. only is his name not Laramie what, something Sullivan, it's special agent Dwight sorry dwight broadbeck i was like Ugh. which sounds like a more fake name literally and he yeah. tells his director that there's a problem and he starts to see like a storm is like moving over the royale and we get another title card and it says room five room five so uh father daniel no that's not what happens next that's where we see the recording studio Room five, what is it? Yeah, it's room five. Oh, that's Darlene. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm about to say. Go so, on. yeah, so, like, that's a recording studio, and it's, like, super Motown. And we get, like, this really cool one shot of, like, going around the studio. And the girl that's singing, like, she's giving Diana and the Supremes. She's giving Dream Girls. She's having her Beyonce moment she's right now in the booth. Wash. She's, like, okay. super cute. And it's a long shot, and we're just panning throughout the entire studio. And then we see, like, uh, the studio exec, and um, he looks a little... <laughs> and he just looks sort of unhappy as he smokes and he looks at the backgrounds and he's like staring at her and which we learn it's Darlene yes so they call cut and they take five and then he speaks to Darlene cut take five or whatever they say <laughs> <coughs> he asks her how much time is worth and we learn that his name is Mr. Sunday Mr. Sunday yeah and they both work for like Columbia Records and he tells her uh, her singing is all over the place and that her time is only worth or uh, his time is only worth $12. And, no, I think he says his time is worth 300 and then hers is only worth $12. And he asked her, like, um, and it's $12 a session, and his is, like, 400 an hour. Yeah. This is crazy. Like, I'm just, like, this, this, like, he's, like, trying to put fear in her, which, like, this, how some of the people treated Darlene just makes me so fucking angry. Yeah. Like, I'm just, like, ugh. So, so her's like, but we then can't he, like, get a break. Because I thought he was going to fire her, is what I thought this was going. But then he, like, sort of turns on this, like, really gross. He's like, I can make you a star. If, you know, if you choose, you can sing. Or if you choose that, you can sing, like, back up for the rest of your life. And we see Darlene, like, slowly to, to cry. But then we, like, cut back to her at the hotel. And I remember one of the complaints was, like, that scene wasn't really needed. Like, it didn't really tell us anything that we didn't already like kind of know you know what i mean yeah <laughs> what do you think yeah i mean i feel like it, they, okay we could go that route and they could just show none of anybody's backup mm-hmm. or whatever and just leave the audience guessing mm-hmm. like for a movie like this you gotta have some sort of background i what, feel like we didn't really what what did we learn from that whole scene though we learned that Darlene's a struggling singer. But we already knew that. 
did we? Yeah, she. That was her. No, no, she one. told Father Flynn that she was going to Reno. She didn't, we didn't say she was struggling. They, we did see her struggling when she scene, got scared of looking at her penny pouch, and he said that would be twenty five cents, and then Father okay, Flynn pay for her. A struggling singer doesn't mean a stringler, string a singer who is also struggling for a related different thing. Like this, like if she if she can't get a job, she can't sing anymore because mm. that don't pay the bills. That's what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So that scene is necessary to prove the point that she's she's a good singer, mm-hmm. but uh, studio execs won't hire her unless she, you know, uh, on top of being a black woman in Hollywood in the '60s, mm-hmm. they won't also won't hire her because, oh, well, we you know we've heard better. <laughs> Go on. Yeah. So we cut back to her, and she's looking at the front of the mirror. And as uh, the metronome keeps going, she stops, and it starts unpacking her stuff. And then uh, we see there's, like, a hole in one of her, like, singing dresses because she starts unpacking. And then she suddenly gets, like, a knock at the door. But I think that scene of saying her, like, oh, she's she's poor. <laughs> well, wasn't that, was that, wasn't that the same dress that she was wearing when that happened? Was it? I, think, I thought so. It might have been. I don't know. So, um, it's <laughs> Father Flynn is knocking. Uh, but she checks the keyhole. And she opens it. But she puts on the uh, the doorstop first. And then she opens the door. And I'm just like, that is so smart. I wouldn't have even thought of that. Yeah. And I think I just am already, like, trusting. But, so, yeah, but I didn't grow up in, you know, yeah, 1960s America. Yeah, you definitely would have got, gotten uh, kidnapped by a serial killer in the next decade. <laughs> so she apologizes and asks if she's singing too loud. And he tells her that it was actually lovely and that he really liked it. He asked her if she, you know, wants to go take a bite to eat in the lounge. And she says no at first, but then Flynn's like, oh, you know, consider payment for letting me hear you sing. So that's when we, you know, get like, oh, she's really good. Oh, she's really good. <laughs> Next we see uh, that she's staying at the hotel desk ringing, you know, the bell again. Um, ring, uh, they ring. put quarters on the counter and Flynn says that that should cover food and entertainment as he goes to find ring, something ring, to ring. eat. Uh, we see uh, Flynn starts the fire in the lobby's fireplace, and Darlene starts the jukebox, and we can see her dancing in the background while Flynn has a look of concern, or maybe it's annoying annoyance. I can't, I couldn't really read it. What was happening? Like, what was he looking at? Like, she was dancing at the jukebox, and he was looking at. Oh, but now that I realize, I think he's just like forgetting, because he's like, yeah, like, he kind of looked annoyed a little bit, annoyed or like maybe concerned. <laughs> So Darlene asks how he's doing with the food, and the food is like on these like little turntable things, like you know when Lazy they show. Susan, is that what it's called? Oh, we literally God. had this conversation earlier today because you were watching your show or whatever, and uh, there were some girls on the thing moving around while oh, I was yeah, dancing. Was oh yeah, on the, the stage mu- mus- on Hades Town. Yeah, on the musical we watched. Yeah, and I was like, it's a Lazy Susan. And you're like, and that's what it's called. I was like, yeah, and you're like, okay. And it looks like a little elevator. You know how, like, they have that commercial for Carvana, and it's, like, the cars and the little elevator thing? Yeah. That's what the food looks like. <laughs> the Carvana vending machine. Yes, bro. <laughs> so, Flynn asks if she's feeling lucky, because the food just looks absolutely disgusting. Feeling lucky, punk? Oh, my God. And, like, it's just these nasty-ass-looking sandwiches, and she's like, mm, not that lucky. So they both settle on pie, and then we see pie. Flynn and Darlene get to know each other better. And Flynn confesses that his memory is not as good as it used to be. And it's like, oh, I think he starts crying, doesn't he? Is that that scene? Probably. 
Oh my god, and I just thought that was so like, oh, Flynn, Father or, Flynn. Or is he just lying about losing his memory? I don't, I don't. <laughs> oh my it. god. So Flynn goes behind the bar to get a drink, and like, we get like this scary tension between these two. And, uh, like, this film is extremely tenuous. Like, at times, you're just like, I feel like I can trust nobody in you this film. You just say tense. Oh, my God, I guess. Tenuous isn't a word. This film gets very tenuous. It's like <laughs> making up words, and I somehow know what they mean. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so sa- I'm Flynn... saying her as a regular speech translator. <laughs> Go on. So, Flynn asks her what she's doing out here. She tells him that she lives in Bakersville, but she's singing a gig in Reno the next day. Bakersfield. And he asks her why she why he, why he she does gigs. Uh, and she's doing it because, you know, she loves to sing, and but she's not making her enough money. But, you know, she replies that, like, singing is singing. And then she asks about him, and he tells her that he's visiting his brother in Oakland. Go Raiders! Go Raiders. <laughs> he tells her... Because his eyesight is so poor, he had to get off the road before uh, the dark. And he tells her, plus the Ritz was booked, which makes her laugh. And she asks him if him and his brother were close, and he tells her that they used to be. Which makes us think that, like, his brother is, like, they're estranged, but really, he's just dead. Yeah, they're, they're estranged, yeah. Oh, it just made me so sad. Um... He asks if he can confess something to her, and then he again tells her, yeah, this is when he starts crying. He tells her his memory is not that good, and then sometimes he wakes up and he can't remember who he is. And he says he loses moments in time, like he was standing in front of the hotel room in the beginning. He had forgotten why he was there in the first place. And he says it's the strangest feeling when you look around and you're someone else and you don't know who that is. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. And did you know one of the reasons why the uh, Drew Goddard like wrote this is because his family was prone to like Alzheimer's? So yeah, so that's what really inspired the story. Who Goddard was? <laughs> oh my goodness! So Darlene suggests that he should see a doctor, and he says he's not looking for pity, but that to let her know he seems scattered, that he does not mean to offense, as you know, tears start welling up in his eyes, and she really and she like reassures him that none will be taken, and he says that some memories are worth forgetting, and she tells him that she has some of those too. And we see them, like, start bonding over that fact. So we cut to the jukebox playing another song. And Flynn gets up to get another drink as Darlene goes up to the jukebox again. And Flynn convinces her to, like, drink. He's like, oh, come on, get a drink, come on. She's like, okay. And while he asks her to sing for him again, he starts uh, putting, like, this substance in her drink. Like, he takes it out of his coat and starts pouring it. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't trust anybody. That gets addressed later, by the way. <laughs> And he, uh, as he turns around to start to hand her the drink, she hits him over the head with a bottle, and the bottle just smashes everywhere. And you're like, "Oh my Which god!" Which means we, she saw him. I don't know how. I wouldn't have even paid attention, but she was very like. That's how I know. Okay. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I know you're not safe on your own. Oh my goodness! So we cut to another title card. Right? It says Washington D.C. So as we see, like, uh, an older woman, like, listening to the recording of Laramie as he talks about the Air Royale and the wiring tapping that he found in his room, and she starts writing down, like, everything that's being said, his dire- like, the conversation between him and his director. So his director, like, tells him that their position has been compromised and no one is to leave the hotel until all or any surveillance materials are, are like, in their possession. And uh, then we see uh, Laramie go to, like... Like, we hear, like, the voiceover of his director and him co- his conversation while Laramie, like, goes to the parking lot and starts ripping out cords so, like, no one could leave in the car. 
and then uh laramie tells his director that uh there seems to be a hostage situation like referring to uh emily and the woman and his director tells him not to intervene and that his only objective is to get the surveillance so we see laramie kind of debate with himself in the mirror like he's looking at himself in the mirror and we can see like him like should i do it should i do it as like the sentences like we see it being typed like do not interfere into the uh, like the paper and then it cuts to another title card room seven room seven crazy what was room seven sarah <laughs> so then we cut to uh, a sandy beach and we just see like the nice shore, and it's like very bright because like this entire film was like kind of dark so the contrast of this beach is like extreme and we see like footprints in the sand and then we see a man walking and he's walking along the shore following up the uh footprints and we see that the footprints had led to this little girl and he's like sitting alone with her bag and um he's like oh why are you so sad and then he's like oh i bet i can figure it out in like three tries or like three guesses and he also calls her boots because she's wearing cowboy boots and because she's wearing that he starts guessing where she's from and he guesses alabama and he starts stripping naked in front of this little girl and he's like come swim with me and she's like okay i'm like sir sir i am 11 (laughs) because this is a young girl a young girl like we don't see his nakedness but it's kind of like super inferred like oh my goodness so then we make another cut to the girl that like emily kidnapped and we learn that her name is rose and she starts staring away from being unconscious and rose starts fighting emily she's like struggling a little bit and emily uh tells her that she can untie her later and that they will wait it out and as soon as they like are in the clear they can fight then about like what happened and then emily says they have to get away from him as far as possible and we assume that that's the man that we saw and we also assume that this girl is her sister yeah like i got that right off the bat like i i feel like that was like literally no surprise so here's like we knew y'all didn't so she reassures rose that it doesn't matter what she did that she's gonna get her in the clear and that they will start all over together and then that's when we hear a knock at the door. And then we hear that it's Laramie. So Emily grabs the small handgun and asks what he wants, like, nonchalantly. And he asks if, he, if uh, she can open the door. And she tells him no, uh, which is completely understandable. Valid. Like, like, why are you being creepy? And he explained that the, the that Miles um, asked him to check on all the women due to the storm is con- like causing power outage outages. At this point, is like pouring outside. Laramie is like which was wet. a good excuse for back then. Literally, that was a really good one. Good, he could have been a serial killer, but luckily he chose to Literally. serve our country in the FBI. Literally, and Emily tells him that she's fine. And he tries again to ask her to open the door, and she tells him to fuck off. And then Laramie apologizes for scaring her. And, like, Emily then, like, slowly checks the people to check to see if he's gone. But right before she puts her, like, eye up to the door, Laramie, like, busts open and punches Emily to the ground. And Rose is, like, watching. She's like, ah! <laughs> Laramie goes over to Rose. He's like, oh, my God, everything's going to be okay. He starts untying her as Emily, like, lays on the floor trying to, like, regain her balance. And then we see, like, a shot of her head wound on her forehead. And as she's starting to bleed, and she looks at the blood, and then we're pulled, like, into this flashback. And we see, like, young Emily being told not to touch her head and just to let it bleed. That we assume it's her father. And he tells her the next time she wants to get smart to think twice, looking over that red. And I was like, oh, my God. Uh, 
And so, like, Emily, like, gets up and walks over to, like, Rose, and she tells her to hide and puts her under the bed. And whatever what she hears not to come out. And I just thought, like, she has always been there for her. She has always been there for her and protected her. And then, like, the way, like, Rose treats her sister, I'm just like, wow. Wow. Um, then we flash back to the reality as Emily flash grabs whatever is, like, back to, like, the present day. And then, like, Emily, like, grabs whatever is underneath the bed. We see that um, Laramie continues to reassure Rose, and then when Emily gets up from between the bed with a shotgun, he tells Rose to get out of the way. And when she does, they both stare at each other, like, like Laramie and, and, and uh, Emily, they both, like, kind of, uh, like, look at each other, and then Laramie tells her to listen. Before he can continue, yeah. she shoots him square in, like, the chest. And I'm just square like, in, wow. Like, the chest. Wow. Did you think uh, Laramie was gonna, like, be there long? I thought he was. I thought so, too, when I first watched Trailers it. Trailers made him look like a super important character. Yeah, literally. I mean, he was important, but a, a character that would be there long. I don't know if I said this er- earlier, but Laramie is played by John Hamm. And he's from... Mad yeah. Men. Did you watch that show? No. I watched a couple episodes, but that was about it. I thought, I thought it was so really you're a boring. financial expert now? I thought it was boring. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, you're forgetting a very important part here. Oh, my God. So, both girls look at each other, and then they hear, like, a groan and a cough. Because, like, where Laramie was standing, he hit the mirror. And then the girls are like, um... And that's when we realize the mirrors. Well, they realize. Yeah. I think we also realize as the audience of the mirrors no, we two knew. ways. Or didn't we? No, he, we didn't know. No, Laramie looked at it, and he's like, is this two ways? So... We had this idea that it could be two ways, but this scene just confirmed that it was well, two te- ways. technically one way. Don't, don't okay, man. Right. So then we cut, and then it's the jukebox changing to another song, and we just see a long shot of the lobby as we see Darlene's shoes, and Father Flynn just unconscious on the floor. Shoes. Miles, Miles tries to help him as Flynn tries to remember all that has happened. He's like, mm, there's glass in your hair. And he asks if someone was, like, Father Flynn asks if anybody was with him, and Miles tells him no. And he asks Miles to fix him a drink. Miles tells him he does not think that it's a good idea, and it's the state that he's in, and he tells him he's just old and he fell down. He's like, I'm just in California. <laughs> While Miles fixes him a drink, he asks for some help and explains that he has some things to confess. Uh, Flynn tells him not now, while Miles goes on about how he fears for his soul. Flynn tells him that... Do you fear for your soul, Sahar? Sometimes. <laughs> if we're gonna get real for a second... Flynn tells him this is how everybody feels and that he shouldn't swear it or sweat it. Um, Don't sweat it. Best advice. Yeah. He then asks Miles for a master key and that's when Miles realizes it's missing. So then we go to the back rooms where Miles usually stays and we see Flynn look at one of the pictures of like women and like a vial and a needle. Miles looks at him like kind of ashamed of himself and Flynn does the Holy Trinity thing. He said. He literally and he asks for a key. Miles starts making his way to the back hallway and Flynn asks where he's going and he tells him I told you father this isn't a good place so then Miles shows him all the different rooms and he learns that the mirror is two ways and Flynn gets upset asking if he's watching him cause you know Flynn was looking for something so when he realized that his room then he starts like looking and Miles tells him that he wasn't watching him and he only watches who they tell him to watch and Flynn's like well who's they and he's wouldn't like, you like to know he's what like, boy? well management so he asks Miles what he does with the film, and he says he develops them in a back cabin and then mails them to management. 
and he asked if miles keeps any of the films for himself and he hesitates before telling him that the hotel had a big celebration for someone and management wanted him to be watched but he kept the tape because the man was so kind to him which is nice i know why are you so crazy <laughs> miles tells him that this is not even his original confession that he had done so much worse and you start to think like what did you do that is worse than this you know what i mean get ready <laughs> they both stop when they see rose all tied up and he turns on this sound and he tells finn that they have to help her flynn gets him to tell him where that tape is and flynn checks miles room like he runs back and just goes to check miles room and then we see these cuts Father back finn. and forth. yes like he's back and forth flynn's looking at the at the tape and then miles Daniels, is technically well flynn or Dan- daniel flynn is his last name flynn daniels it's daniel flynn it's flynn daniel no it is not christian or whatever I'm telling you it's Daniel Flynn. Because he says Father Flynn. I'm telling you it's Father da- I'm telling you it's Daniel Flynn. So. And Miles is just watching what's going on in room like seven. So Miles calls for Flynn as Flynn is looking at the pictures of the tape. And he's like, huh. And then Miles screams for Flynn to come. And as he's walking back to Miles explaining what is happening, Miles screams to get away from the windows, but it's too late. And Miles gets like freaking ricocheted into the back wall. Yeah. Well, technically, the birdshot went through Sullivan mm-hmm. and through the glass and into him. I think, and then the glass just hit him. He didn't get shot. No, he got shot. Oh, my God. He, he had birdshot in him for the rest of the movie. Oh, my God. So, Flynn, like, stares at Miles as he's, like, choking and withering in plane. He's like, help me. But then, like, he's like I'm yeah, literally, Flynn's like, I'm out of here. And then we see, like, Emily go through the mirror with, like, her shotgun and she sees Miles on the floor. And then, then that's when we cut to like another record playing. What is this? Some kind of pervert hotel? Oh my god! So then we see Darlene's perspective through the whole interaction between her and Flynn when he was trying to like poison her. So we see her slowly take her shoes off as she like starts to run toward him, and she grabs the nearest thing with a bottle, smacking him over the head, and then like glass everywhere. There's glass and explosions. Literally, she <laughs> runs to get her keys. And she runs to her car, her car, but she sees Laramie, so she, like, kind of hides from him. And she sees him, like, ripping no. out car wires so that no one can leave. And she watches him go to her room, and she makes a sprint, like, for her car, hoping he didn't get to hers yet. And when her car doesn't start, she starts playing. She And she asks God for guidance that in the dark, she needs his light. Which is, like, so... Like, the thing, like, the good versus evil thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> She watches Emily go through the mirror because the door's open from when mm-hmm. Laramie busted in, right? Mm-hmm. So sees Emily go through the mirrors. Why are you chasing your nose? No. <laughs> oh, uh, so wait, by the way, by the way, you. by the way, um, uh, did we, never mind, never mind. Sorry, I, I thought we'd gone over it and we did. But um, it looks at Emily go through the mirror and we see Rose look, look at Laramie and then the telephone before she goes to call someone. So, uh, she's talking to someone, she's, like, telling her the situation, she's like, hey, come and get me, and then, uh, uh, then, anyway, Emily called, oh, actually, no, sorry, that's Rose on the phone, I didn't mm-hmm. clarify, Rose is on the phone telling somebody, like, hey, here I am, uh, come and get me, and, oh, uh, whatever, and then Emily calls for her, anyway, so, uh, Darlene goes back to check on Laramie and discovers that he's dead, he takes his gun and, and his key, mm-hmm. anyway because uh, they're not in the hotel room anymore. They, since Emily's outside, Darlene goes check. Can I have a bite of that? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. You're talking. Oh, fine. Anyway, 
So, um, Sponsored by Antonio Cookie. Uh, she tries to leave again, so she's in her car, but it won't start. And then she starts praying again. And then Father Flynn knocks on the window, and she immediately pulls her gun on. She's like... Yeah, literally. Strapped up. <laughs> he explained that he just wants to talk. And he asks her if he can get in the car. And she tells him she will shoot him in the face if he tries anything. Which is, I'm like, I would have kept that mug, like, outside my car. You're not her. <laughs> He tells her that he's pretty sure that the girls killed a cop and that she said she saw it and then she asked if his, if that was uh, Laramie's gun that she has. She tells him, yeah, and he's like, well, we're fucked. <laughs> then we cut to a title card. Room four. So we see Father Flynn wearing a mask and, like, taking money. And he's pulling, like, an epic heist. And him and his partner argue about hurting the people in the money truck because they, like, flipped it over. And then, uh while his other buddy Felix played by Nick Offerman same man from that we saw die in the beginning of the oh film. um by the way mm-hmm. by the way I forgot to mention earlier I had it in my notes here mm-hmm. but right when Daniel he's going to leave the film and Miles is like father uh father Flynn mm-hmm. or whatever right when Miles gets shot mm-hmm. I checked the timestamp. yeah that's like pretty much the exact halfway point of the movie no way like that is not halfway I'm, I'm serious and if it's not like the exact halfway point like that is like it's halfway mm. like if you hit press pause the bar is like it's halfway which is crazy because it's like that's where like the shit starts like we were good and then we crossed over that evil side now yeah, just that, like we're crossing the line this film entered its kevin hart era and shit went down <laughs> or no he's like about to go down oh my god felix tries to get the truck away from the scene of the crime and then they start hearing sirens and um he asks where they're gonna what are they gonna do and flynn tells him to get out of the car and then take the other guy and head south while he tries to shake the cops so they split up so flynn tells him that he will have to burn the car once he loses the cops and he tells him once everything is in the queer they'll meet back up at the el royale we learn that Flynn actually got caught in the next scene. He's in court about to hear his verdict. We learn that Flynn's real name is Donald O'Kelly and on the charges of Glenn Larson. Also goes by Doc. <laughs> which is so cute. Uh, <laughs> larceny and the conspiracy to com- commit larceny. He is sentenced to 15 years in federal prison. And um, that guy who told him to get away mm-hmm. and take the other guy, that guy, his brother, mm-hmm. is the guy who got shot at the beginning of the yeah, movie. I well, I said it better. <laughs> As Flynn is locked up, we see him have, like, an episode caused by his Alzheimer's, and he wakes up I don't know if it's Alzheimer's, but he's just, he's just getting old. I don't know. I mean, because there's other things that cause dementia. Yeah. Anyway. But, I mean, he is dying. Anyway, he wakes up screaming, asking where, he's, uh, asking where he is, and it's just really sad to watch. And his cellmate, like, reassures him that he's safe, but he's also in prison. So we cut to him at the doctor and then uh, telling him of his disease. And, um, and like, any old man, like, he, like, re- like refuses to, like, believe it. So. Uh, the doctor asks if this runs in his family. He confesses that his mother and grandfather both had it. And Flynn asks how long he's got. And the doctor asks him when his parole is up. And we learn it's in six months. And the doctor tells him that he should make it till then. And I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> asshole literally well, so, like, why would you say that we cut back to flynn and darlene in the car when he explains to him that um him and his brother felix stole money from an armored car right outside of stockton and he tells her that things went south with his brother 
Uh, things went south very quickly, and his brother was killed at the hotel, but they still had a plan that they would bury the money in the floor of the room, but he just can't remember which room. And that's why I made a note here mm-hmm. after you said it. Mm-hmm. When he was looking out the window trying to decide a room, mm-hmm. he was trying to remember if it was his room or Darlene's room. Yeah. He was like, is it five or six? <laughs> he told her that everything he said was true about losing his memory, but he just guessed wrong. And when picking which room it, it was in, and he asked for her help. She tells him that she does not believe him, but he tells her it's true. And he asks her how she learned to use all that bottle. And she explained that she lived her whole life getting shaked. He learned how to spot a shaker. And I said, ooh, Darlene. He tells her that he would have done the same thing and asks and she asked him if he would what he would do in her situation now and he tells her that truthfully she would have shot him in the face by now but if he were thinking clearly there's a dead cop in one of the room and back and backup is probably on its way right now to see what happened to him and there's a storm out and it wouldn't and that i wouldn't want to be a black woman in the woods caught with a gun when they do finally pull up so which was a pretty good point yeah so he tells her that her options are limited and that whether they find in her room underneath the floorboards, she'll get 50% of. So we cut to Rose literally walking the line in the hotel lobby as we see Miles like tied up in the corner. Rose is an interesting person. Rose is you, bro. Oh my god. So Emily asks him if this is some kind of pervert hotel because of the... What is this, some kind of pervert hotel? (laughs) He doesn't know what to say since she shot him, and she corrects him. She's like, I shot the man who had it coming, and you're just suffering the consequences of being a creepy man. Creepy man. (laughs) So he asks how bad he looks, and Emily tells him that he should make peace with the fact that things have changed. Which I loved that line. So mean. I would! I think not only did it, like, reflect that, like, his life is about to change, but, like... They just killed a man in their hotel room. Things are about to change drastically. Drastically. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that line. I wanna use that line in real life, because it's just so darn good. Eat it or I will. It's my brownie. So eat it. Sponsored by Insomnia Cookies. Can't keep saying that. <laughs> They're gonna find this in, like, copyright. Oh my god. So he asked Emily if uh, she's gonna kill him. And she says, how can she not after everything he's seen? And he tells her that he's seen worse. And he starts explaining, like, all the horrible things that have happened at the hotel. Like, a senator beating up a sex worker and an addict being, like, sorry with his own, like, feces on the wall. It wasn't just a senator beating up a prostitute. Mm-hmm. It was, like, what what did she say? Uh, uh, he, oh, oh. We saw uh, the bestiality. He, he, he hit her so hard that uh, she had to use her stockings to mm-hmm. stop from bleeding out in her mouth. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, yeah, I saw a guy uh, write I'm sorry with his own feces all over the wall. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, like, that would have made it any easier to clean up his whole body or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I also saw a man take a wolf and chain it in the bed. And then he got naked and he just laid next to it. And he's like, it wasn't sexual. Look, it was sexual, but not sexual either. <laughs> And Emily is just looking at him like, what the fuck are you saying? You could have not told me all that. (laughs) And he's like, he tells her that he should have never, he's never told anyone that. And she's like, I'm not sure you should have told me that. (laughs) It's just like, Emily with the clips, bro. She's too brave for Christian Grey. (laughs) 
so in the background while he's telling the story like we see like emily come in and out of shot just doing shit and then we finally see her like climb up to the shit that she was like building yeah i said rose you said emily we're going and she gets onto the chandelier and she starts swinging back and forth also something i would do if i could you have swing on the chandelier okay who doesn't want to swing on chandeliers? Um, I'm I just... Know, I, I want to re- relive my Sia day. I was about to say, you guys are having your little Sia moment. Swing <laughs> from the chandelier. Stop. <laughs> so Miles tells Emily that she doesn't Miles have to kill him. Her. Oh, my God. Tells him because he wouldn't even oh, know what to say to the cause because she never even wrote her name in the ledger book. And the Rose is like, My name is Rose Summerspring, and this is my older sister Emily. And, and then Emily's, Emily's like, like, She's like, You dumb fucking bitch. You well, dumb whore. <laughs> you gotta remember, she already called her boyfriend, so. Oh my god. Also, Summerspring? Like, hell yeah. Well, what, they're a, they're what a last name, though. That is so amazing. Hippies, what so. if my name was Sahara Summerspring? I would love that. You're a lot cooler than your last name now. <laughs> Miles stops sobbing when Moyles asks, like Rose asks what his name is. And he tells her that it's Miles Miller as Emily goes to the ledger and asks where the other guests are. He's like, oh. Which, like, she didn't believe him when he said, I don't know. I'm like, bruh, he's supposed to know we're like, uh, what? Two, uh, how many other people were there? Two. Three. Three. Well, well, one of them's dead now. He doesn't know that. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does know that. <laughs> he was there. <laughs> Miles. Yeah, there are only other two others. He's, he's just supposed to know where two people are at all times. Oh, my God. Also, it's not a big hotel. Check, check your room. We cut to Darlene in her room, and she sits in the middle of her room as she starts singing softly to herself. And she stops singing to take off her wig. And she sings with, like, a little more confidence. And that's when we learn, like, she's becoming her true self right now. Like, this is the real her. Um, Which is, like, kind of shows me that this is her from being good darling to evil darling. She's crossing. She's crossing that line. because she's bald. She's evil. No! She's helping Flynn! Bald, that is not what bald, I'm saying. Bald. My eyes! So we see, like, a long shot of Darlene singing in front of the mirror as we do, like, a 360 pan at the hotel room. And we see Flynn, like, start working on the floorboards between the two beds. And she said... (laughs) So we see Emily walking the back halls when she steps at Darlene's room and she hears her sing. Darlene starts clapping every time Flynn uses his hammer on the floorboards. He's using his hammer every time she's clapping. Oh. Because she's hiding it for him. I thought it was very coordinated for them both. <laughs> so we get these cuts between Darlene singing and then like going to the floorboards and then like Emily's just watching with suspension because like or suspicion because like Darlene is singing to herself in the mirror. But Emily thinks she's looking at her. Which she could be, which is really crazy. She doesn't think that she's just like staring at her. Because mm-hmm. Darlene's not looking right at her. Yeah. So Emily finally like gives up and turn, turns Darlene off on the speaker and then she like walks away. And then we cut to Rose still in the lobby as Miles starts pleading for his life, not for uh, them to kill him. And she tells him that it's not entirely up to her. While we cut to her standing in front of the, like, we cut to her, like, in a lawn. Like, this is a different scene of her standing with, like, a knife over the man. And you're like, what the fuck? Because that's not what we're talking about either. It just, it happens so fast. And then it cuts back to them in the hotel lobby. And then uh, Miles, uh, 
assures her that he can convince her sister not to like kill him and she tells them that it's not entirely up to her either and then mile asks who is so we cut back to rose in the lawn with a knife and like the knife is like bloody uh-huh. and like and she's looking right into the camera like and she's almost looking like she wants approval from somebody she's like literally and then we cut back to the hotel lobby she's and like then, i know you see me christian gray <laughs> and then emily returns from being at the back hallways she asks miles where the priest is and he tells her that he doesn't know wouldn't you like to know and then she like threatens him with like his little baggie of meth and she's like miles says he'll help her to find it but when they do he wants to talk to him first so rose then tells her sister that it's not up to them if he dies or not and then emmy looks confused uh and asks what what she's up to as rose looks out the window and then emily like she knowingly like knows what she's done but she also asks like what have you done like oh my goodness you and then we cut to like bare feet like walking up to the hotel and it just like slowly like pans which up. means they got their quip yes and like which means like which also begs the question like come on emily you probably had like a whole day on these guys yeah and you got like 15 minutes away literally darlene and flynn then were like leave their room as like billy lee arrives at the el royale and like billy lee is played by did we say he's played by chris hemsworth yeah oh my goodness i don't think we did (laughs) but anyway um so billy lee has arrived at the el royale and we see that his two other like follower henchmen have like darlene at gunpoint and then like knife around his throat i said his What? Did you not hear what you just said? I heard what I said. <laughs> Say it one more time. No. <laughs> You're making fun of me and I don't no, like I'm it. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. What did you call them? No. No, what did you call them? I don't want to say it. <laughs> it's just the way you said it. It's both. <laughs> <laughs> Read, read your script, bro. Okay. Oh, this is all scripted. Sahara doesn't want to come up with an honest conversation. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, bro, just read. <laughs> so, Billy looks on with, like, satisfaction on his face, and he's like, howdy. Then we cut to another title card. He's and not like, says, howdy. He's, he's, he's like, howdy. This is not what he says. He says, Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> Uh, the title card says <laughs> Billy Lee, and we cut to like a yellow. Yeah, it doesn't even say room; it just says Billy Lee. Yeah, which like <laughs> which means he's a stranger to this hotel. <laughs> so we cut to the yellow field as Billy walks on, as his followers of like culty people follow him, like Jesus or something. Here comes the sun. And then we cut to Billy talking to Emily, and he asks her how long she will stay with him. She tells him as long as her sister stayed, and then he asks her, she's got to have her own reasons for staying. And she confesses that Rose has told her that he treats her pretty nice. So we cut to well, that get, night. Yeah, I bet, but he does treat her pretty nice. We cut to that night as Billy preaches a sermon at the campfire. And he says, like, what does God mean to you? What does God mean to all of you? Oh. <laughs> Is he some being in the sky? Do you pray to him at night? Yes. Do you ask him to watch over you? Yes. 
Is he here with us now? Woo! <laughs> Maybe there is no God. Oh. Maybe it's all lies. Oh. Listen, <laughs> I ain't saying I got it all figured out. I'm not, but I do see the game. They define right and wrong, and then they make you choose. That's how it all starts. Right, With a simple wrong. choice. Light, dark, yes, <laughs> no. California, Nevada, Nevada. <laughs> Hotel, Trivago. <laughs> L, Royale. <laughs> He's like, which side are you on? Up, down, good, evil, right, wrong, God or no God. It's simple. Just pick. Then, like, as this is going, like, we see Emily and Rose looking at each other. They do this cute little finger thing. And it's, like, so adorable. And then he asks Rose what he, uh, who he calls. He, like, he calls her boots because of the boots that she wore when they first met. And uh-huh. he's, like, and he asks her to pick good or bad. And she tells him neither in the crap, like, last. And, um, and he's, like, oh, Rose just wants to make me look bad. So he asks Rose and another follower named Millie to be an example for the crowd. Like, everyone cheers in encouragement. And then Billy tells the crowd that there's going to be a tussle. And then we see Emily look a little worried. And he tells the crowd that Rose does not want to play this a game, but this is how he'll get her to participate, by dangling something she wants. And he tells the crowd that the winner gets to sleep with him in the big house. And Rose looks like she's found a new, like, motivation. Like, we see a shift on her face. And so Billy asks if she wants to play, and she says yes, while Emily shakes her head no. Then he asks her if she wants to be right. And uh, Billy tells Millie that that would make her wrong, as she looks a little worried when she hears this. Then he tells the girls to have at it. So Rose, like, runs up to Millie, but Millie picks her up and, like, slams her to the ground. And you're like, okay, Millie. Okay, Millie. It's going to be one of those spare Okay, fights. Millie Bobby Brown. It's that Emily tries to intervene, but Billy, like, stops her by telling her that Rose is a big girl and she can handle herself. Rose finally gets the underhand, and she is just rocking Millie's shit, bro. <laughs> and Billy tries to make an example by saying, like, I'm still in their shit, but they don't notice because they're too busy playing the game. And then Emily's just watching, like, with worry on her face. So Billy finally breaks up the fight, but Rose still wants to go for, like, one more lick. And he's like, I don't know, you're fine, you're one, you're one. One he, more lick, huh? <laughs> literally. And he tells the girls to hug it out. Hug it out, love each other. <laughs> Billy cuts Rose's face as she has a busted lip and a bruised cheek from this whole ordeal. And then uh, Billy asks the crowd what they learned from this lesson. And he tells them that maybe we don't want to play their games no more. Maybe you want to listen to... I don't want to play with you <laughs> anymore. Maybe we won't listen to their lies no more lies. maybe the only truth in this world is right here Lies. in here and like jay talking to the rest of the crowd and maybe for tonight we get to be our own gods i'm like Valid. and then we Minus come back the to the hotel as emily starts getting like tied up she's to like, one of billy's followers yeah, miles is like yeah not so great huh so they're sitting in this order we have emily darlene flynn and then miles all tied up in the chairs Weird. and they are sitting as Billy and Rose look at each other with like hard eyes, and you're like, like, "Yeah, literally." And like, don't you know, look. she is a child. Sirens look like she obviously looks so much younger than him. So while this is happening, Miles tries to get Flynn to like forgive him of his sins, but he gets a gun pointed at his head, and like that's when like Billy says to gag him. So gag him. <laughs> oh, sis gagged. And so Billy, Billy puts the uh, money 
in the tape on the table because since they kidnapped him they had the they had the bag of what they found oh sis is gagging right now and um so he starts reading off the names of the ledgers he's like oh you must be this person this person and this person and then he tells his crew to get laramie's body into a trunk of his car and to go looking for anybody else in the hotel room and if they are there then to bring them here and then he ominously is like believe room in the trunk which is like oh my god so and he's like, and he, oh do you no, want go me? ahead go ahead okay so he's like oh hi emily i take offense that you left without saying goodbye and uh he asked her if uh rose told anybody what she did and then emily shakes her head no so rose is like what did i do and then billy's like and then we um, cut to like Rhodes with like a bloody knife, which which is so like quick, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm sorry," which is like I thought it was played for like laughs, uh-huh. like I didn't think it was like. Yeah, I don't know who she killed. I'm not saying we know we know it's the Malibu massacre. We know that that was them. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, we know that was them. Ooh. But like, I just don't understand why they had to have that scene where she's like, "Well, what did I do?" So Billy tells her it's all right and that they'll deal with it in Cal when they get to California. But not, but right now they have a Nevada problem because that's where they're sitting. Um, then we get a call back to Billy when he asks, um, "What kind of perfect hotel is this?" Because Emily what had said that earlier. Because Emily had said that earlier. What is this? Some sort of perfect hotel. So since uh, Miles can't answer him, he asks Father Flynn instead, and then Finn explains that yeah, it's some kind of perfect hotel because. Uh, Miles films the guest and sends it to his bosses, and then Billy asks if uh, asks if this is uh, willingly, and then Flynn tells him honestly he was just trying to confess. Oh, he asks if like Miles told him all this willingly, and he's like honestly I think he's just trying to you know confess because I'm dressed as a priest. So Billy tells him if he's so worried for his soul, then maybe he shouldn't be doing all this bad shit in the first place. He looks at the tape reel and he's like, oh my god. And then Rose is like, oh, I want to see. And they all like kind of recognize who it is. Which makes me think like everyone knows who this is. And that's like a political figure. And who do you think is on the tape? Either Robert Kennedy. Okay. Or MLK. I heard that too, MLK. And I'm just like, I feel like it wouldn't be, like, why MLK? What makes you think that? Because I only thought of the Kennedys. Well... People were like, oh, uh, MLK is such a good man, and now mm-hmm. he's, he's, I... he's, he's, he's fucking a prostitute. <laughs> I just never would have thought, I don't know, I just, I feel like, I just don't think it was MLK. I never got that vibe. I always thought maybe it was like a Kennedy. Okay. Yeah. Alright, go ahead. Not saying that MLK is not capable of fucking a prostitute, but I just, I don't know. He's more than capable when did he die? MLK? Yeah. 1969. Huh. That, like, yeah. Hmm. That's why I asked earlier. Yeah. Where's my... Oh. <laughs> I just have my drink down. I can't remember which side. Oh, my God. So he, uh... So Billy asked Finn where he got the money from. And when he doesn't say anything, he asks Darlene the same question. And she tells him that the money is hers. What's and the that box? she earned it from singing. He doesn't believe her, and he asks Lynn again, and he tells Billy that she's telling the truth. Billy tells him that he hates priests, and he asks if he wants to change his story, and Flynn tells him no. Billy then asks Rose to play something on the jukebox, and then we see, like, Billy make a joke. He's like, what song is this? And she's like, uh, Deep Purple, I think. He's like, mm, not for me. 
<laughs> well, they're always being tied up, and then Darlene's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. And then we yeah. see like Billy like eat pie while he's like dancing. Mind you, he's kind of low key has his shirt off, <laughs> and just it's just Chris Hemsworth. They're like hot. Mm, Chris Hemsworth, literally. <laughs> so Billy asks Emily to pick between two colors, red or black, and she, when she says no, Rose tells her that Billy is offering her a chance and that she should take it. Um, he asked her if she thought she could just take what was his without him hunting for it. And Emily's like, Rose isn't yours. And then he asked Rose, he's like, are you mine? And she's like, of course. And I'm like, Emily, not Emily, Rose, shut the fuck up. Fuck you. Okay. Yes. So then he starts spinning like the roulette machine. He gets his gun out. And then he asks Emily to pick a color. She finally says res. And he tells Miles, well, that makes you black. Or and Miles starts freaking out. He's like, Finn, please father, forgive me for my sins. And then Billy finally gets fed up. He's like, Katie's not a priest. And then Miles looks on with astonishment and like fear as we hear the rope let ball land. And he tells Miles that the Lord has forsaken him yet. And then he looks and then we see Emily look at Rose one last time before Billy shoots her. Honestly, I thought Emily would have lasted longer. Mm-hmm. I thought she was gonna be like till the end. So now that we're at this point in the movie. Mm-hmm. We're gonna play a game. Oh okay. god. <laughs> Alright. So we have to ask each other questions about the movie. Oh my goodness. If you get the question wrong, uh-huh. you have to play on the roulette wheel. <laughs> and if you land on yes, mm-hmm. there's only one yes out of like uh six. Uh-huh. Uh you have to tell the audience something embarrassing. Oh my god. Alright, yeah. do you want me to ask first or should you ask you first? Can, you can ask first. Okay. Um, who was the first person to die in this movie? Um, first person was Felix. It was Felix. We saw him die first. It was whoever's on the tape. I'm kidding. I mean, I mean, <laughs> That's I mean, what I was to say. Are you fucking serious? I mean, technically true, but not doesn't count. Alright, your turn. What is uh, Emily's nickname for her sister? Emily's nickname? Mm-hmm. For her sister? Emily's nickname. Yeah, for her sister. What's, what's like not em- Billy's? No. What does Emily call Rose as a nickname? I don't know. You don't know. Not Boots. No. Okay, so what? Does that mean you lose? Yeah, I lose. So well, it's well, Rosie. Oh, that, that's her name. That her name is Rose. Okay. They call her Rosie. Okay, let's see. Okay, I got no, so I have to say something embarrassing. I'm also gonna modify the wheel and remove <laughs> one no. <laughs> <laughs> all right so that means so uh did it work no it didn't work hold on what is this modify thing? wheel oh i had to hit apply wheel changes my bad okay okay something embarrassing about myself um when i was a kid i uh what was it uh, gosh, what should I say? <laughs> should I say something that you don't know? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, when I was a kid, my parents brought me. This is like when I was like four. Mm-hmm. I had some shorts, right? Yeah. And there was a magic. There was a, pretty much the same pair. Except one was red, mm-hmm. one was blue, and I wore the red shorts a lot more. And uh. Uh, than the blue ones because I liked red. It was my favorite color. Mm-hmm. And I w- went to school one day, and some kid, <laughs> and some kid was like, "Why are you wearing red shorts?" And I was like, "I don't know." 
And it made me Aww. feel bad. So I only wore the blue shorts from then on. Oh, Christian. Alright. Well, alright, my turn to ask. Okay. okay. Uh, is there a hyphen between Billy Lee? No. Are you sure? Yes. You want to put that on God? I put that on God. No. I said no. No, there's a hyphen. I'm just kidding. No, there's no hyphen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, your turn. What is Father Flynn's real name? Uh, Doc O'Kelly. Okay. Sounds like good because I didn't know. I did know. Alright. What is the lake next to? Tahoe. What? Tahoe. Lake Tahoe? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Go ahead. Okay. uh, (laughs) Um. What are a color of Darlene's shoes when she steps out of them to hit Father Flint over the head with? Red. Mm-mm. They were yellow. Oh, damn. I thought of a good question, too. <laughs> okay. Okay, I got no. <laughs> okay, I got no on the wheel. Alright, uh, uh, how many people touched the film reel? The film reel? Four. Who's the fourth one? Rose, Billy Lee, okay. Father Dan- Daniel, and Miles. Damn, okay. No. <laughs> Safe. Alright, modify wheel. Gotta take another no off. That's uh, two no's and one yeah. Alright. Do I have to say something embarrassing about myself? Nope, only if it lands on yeah. You said if it lands well, on oh, no. If it lands on yeah, you have to. No, it says if you land on no, you've been doing it on no. Why? Well, I, I said one just so I could have something like out there, <laughs> like you know, like that level That's of embarrassing. What you said. Whatever. I meant to say on yeah. They go on yeah. Okay. <laughs> my t- my turn again. Um, actually no, it's your turn. Your turn to ask. And ask. How many uh, henchmen <laughs> or uh, came with Billy Lee? Uh, four. Five. 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 Because there was one outside. I thought there were two outside and two inside. There no, was... there was three inside. Maybe. Because it was two oh, men okay. and oh, a yeah. woman, okay. and then, yeah. Okay, go on. So, uh... You spin. I know. I'm spinning. Come on. <sighs> it's a 50-50 chance now. Alright. Uh, my turn. Yeah. Um... Oh uh, God! I hope you get this one. <laughs> okay, where is um, Darlene going to sing? In Reno. Final answer? Yeah. Yep. Your turn. Where's Darlene from? Bakersfield. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh. uh where did? Doc Kelly and his brother robbed the truck. Where? Yeah. Oh, Scanton or Scranton or something like that. Stock Stockton. Gotta get it right. It's Stockton. Sure? It's Stockton. It's Stockton. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> gotta keep going until we finish the roulette wheel. We um, got one yay okay. and one no. How many years was uh, Doc sentenced? Uh, fifteen, but with parole, okay. and he's out in ten okay. right now. What is? The FBI director's name. Real name? Dwight, uh, God, Dwight Broad, Broadbeck? No, no, like the, the director, not the agent. Oh, Hoover. 
What's his name? Hoover. That's his last name. What's his whole name? I just know Hoover. Doesn't count. Why are you making this up, Christian? I got that. No. You okay, say his whole fine. Name. Whatever. I used to see. J. Edgar Hoover. Would you like to spin it or should I? I'll spin it. It's a terrible spin. Oh, Sahara has to say something embarrassing. <laughs> That's the last one we'll do. Okay. Um. Hmm. Um. What's embarrassing? Because huh, I had something embarrassing in mind. Yeah, I bet you did. All right. Well. <laughs> When I was in elementary school, I was an avid nose picker. <laughs> and one day I was picking my nose, and this guy was looking at me, and he had like, the look of disgust. And I wiped it on my desk. You're probably all the way up in there. I was. <laughs> awful. You already told me that one, though, so you got to tell me someone else. Oh, my God. I'm just kidding. Okay, let's... Uh, we're off topic. I got my bit in now for the next part of the movie. So Emily lays down bleeding out as she looks at Rose and she starts thinking of their childhood together. And it's just like young Emily looking at younger Rose. And now they're dead. <laughs> Rose looks back with like slightly like tear. Like we see the eyes start to tear up, but like Billy pulls her away and then Emily like takes her last breath. And it's just like so sad to watch. Like Emily really like cares for Rose and I really hate that like this was like this is the end yeah like she didn't she couldn't make it a perfect metaphor for dakota johnson's good on the case stop oh my god shot in its uh, or shot down in its prime you know i was listening to this other podcast and they said that like when the people don't because the hotel changes because of the duality of it (laughs) that if you don't change with the hotel you die so he said that Laramie was good in the beginning and he tries to do good. That's what got him killed. Emily tries to be good by taking her sister away from the bad. She doesn't change. She dies because of it. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah? I just thought that was a very interesting take. Yeah, it's a pretty good take. Or Miles, though. Yeah, literally. So Emily asked where the money came from. Or no, not Emily. Uh, Emily's dead. Emily's dead. Emily <laughs> asked who... Wants to play the game next. And then Flynn asks for a drink. Uh, Billy asks where the money came from, and Flynn finally tells him the truth. And that's why he's dressed as a priest. And uh, he tells him that no one asks questions when you're wearing a collar. He then asks Darlene the same question, and she tells the truth, saying that the money was in her room and that they would split it 50-50 with her. But Billy said that's not even where the real money is. It's in the tape. And he asks her if she wants to see who it is. And she says it doesn't matter. Uh, he tells her that she doesn't understand that she doesn't understand what, uh, what is in this film and she says uh, let me guess it's some man who talks a lot he talks so much he thinks he believes in something but really he just wants to fuck who he wants to fuck and then like Billy looks like uh, she struck a nerve but Darlene tells him that she's had enough of this of men like him and is tired and just bored of it and she continues to tell him that she sees who he really is, a fragile little man who preys on the weak and the lost. He tries to threaten her, but she, like, stops him, and she's like, I'd rather listen to the rain. Which I'm like, ah, oh, Darlene! Daring Darlene! Daring! So Billy asks, uh, Flynn why he wants the money, and then, like, Flynn explains that his brother died for it, so it's his, and then Darlene corrects him, corrects him in saying it's theirs. It's, um, like, ours. Anyway... 
Rose then asks why the tape would be so expensive anyway. And then uh, Billy explains that the man in it is dead. But, um, or she says why it would be expensive anyway since the man in it is dead. And then Billy explains that sometimes the memory of a man matters more than the man himself. Uh, Billy asks Flynn if anyone is going to come looking for the money. When Flynn tells him no, Billy yells at him saying that someone is always looking for money. Uh, Flynn like reassures him that they are all gone except for him. Billy asks what his real name is, and Flynn starts laughing since he, like, can't start to remember. And I start getting really scared for him. I was like, oh, you poor baby. He asks Darlene for help, and then Billy gets upset, and then Darlene tells him that his mind's not all there. And then Billy gets mad again. He's like, do you believe everything he tells you? Yeah, literally. He's like, pick a color. But before, like, the ball can land anywhere else, the, the storm from outside, like, makes the lights go out, and the only light that they have is from the fire that Rose had made earlier. Uh-huh. So, Billy and Rose are, like, really creeped out, saying that it's too quiet, and they both don't like it. So then they ask uh, Darlene to sing, so she's a singer, and she says no. And that's when Billy tries to um, sing again, and or uh, play the game again, and then she starts singing. And she sings that one Elvis song. And, like, what song? I don't know. What's it called? Trivia. I don't know. Smash or pass. <laughs> Hotel <laughs> El Royale Oh my god, Christian Do you know what Elvis song it is? No That's the, I think it's the one he sung at the end of the Elvis movie I gotta look it up Anyway, it's the one like Ricky sings mine is like the high note When she gets there, Billy like stops her He's like Oh, it's I've so heard better hard. And he Bye. starts the roulette machine again But then like Flynn jumps up and attacks him and one of his like followers starts shooting but before like they can do like th- like the recoil of it Darlene like pushes the table over the and then knocks uh, her and uh, herself and the guy over Miles tries crawling away and then we see Flynn start beating up Billy with like the firewood so here's my theory yeah uh his uh her singing was a distraction mm-hmm. like she did that on purpose really that's crazy why do you think he stopped her from singing because he said he heard better would you really believe that though i don't i don't think he's just being an asshole mm. so anyway finn and billy start tussling right tussling, and one tussling. of his followers tries to shoot Flynn off of Billy, but then, like, Rose stop him, like, stops him. She's like, oh, you might hit Billy. And so, Rose then gets in to, like, stop Flynn from, like, hurting Billy. Down and she, like, gets on top of, like, Finn and starts choking him with her arms around his neck. And then because of the gun on the floor, as Miles mutters, like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this. And then Darlene's like, please just help us. And he shakes his head, telling her you can't kill any more people. And she was like, how many people have you killed? And he's like, 123. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, this is one of the complaints that I had. We're in the middle of this drama, and you're going to cut to another thing. 74. Well, now you're getting his title card. Oh, my God. I just feel like it's too late. And do you know know what what his title card was? Maintenance closet. Yeah, because that's where he was when Doc Doc found him. Oh, my goodness. 74. So we touched a title card maintenance closet, and we see Miles as a young boy, like, shooting the birds out of the sky. And his mother gets complimented about how talented he is. And then we cut to an older Miles in the Vietnam War, like, sniping people left and right. And then we cut to him again, like, lying in the dirt. Where was Miles at my life? 
<laughs> next to his fallen comrades. And then he starts like walking and he finds nothing but more bodies. And he gets down on his knees and starts praying. And then we cut back to reality of like out of the flashback. And then Darlene. It's like back, saying, like, back hey, to reality. It's all right. Like, you don't have to kill anymore. And but she it'd be just, nice. <laughs> she just closes her eyes and waits. And then we see Finn get up, like, get beat up pretty badly by Billy. And then he puts the shotgun to his neck. When he turns around, we see Miles with a gun pointed at him. him. And then, like, we see him shoot him, like, right in the middle of his head. And the Rose is, like, freaking out. And, like, like, ah! literally, Miles tells Flynn to, like, take the gun. He unties him. Miles picks up the shotgun and then starts shooting the rest. He's like, and he's, like, headshots, headshots, headshots. That's not a shotgun, by the way. What is it? It's just a bolt action. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know my guns. Christian is showing his white man right now. It's <laughs> not a shotgun. He went okay. I'm just like, but I thought Miles was insane. Like he was a beast. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Oh my god! I was like, thank you, Miles. Miles, Solis. doing something. <laughs> he works for the mob. Of course, he's got the strap on him. Oh my god! Then we see Rose is like completely sobbing on top of Billy's body. And after Miles finishes, he, like, goes up to comfort her. He tells her that he's really sorry. And then, and then out of revenge, she, she stabs him. him. I was like, oh, bitch, are you serious? She tries to stab him again, but then, like, Flynn, like, shoots her dead. <laughs> like, and she lands on top of Billy's Flynn's body. Flynn's like, Miles won't shoot a kid, but I will. Oh, my God. Miles lays dying as the hotel starts to burn. And Darlene pleads with, like, Father Flynn to help him. And he tells Miles to confess. And he tells him that um, he's here to absolve his sins. And Miles confesses that he's killed a lot absolve of people. Absolve your mom. <sighs> Christian. And that he's sorry. And then Finn tells him to give himself to the Lord. And Miles says that he will try to be a better man. And then Finn tells him that he is forgiven. And Miles dies on the line in the El Royale. Which I think is a perfect symbolism. Symbolism. About, I Yes, that he too. did bad things. But in the end, he was a good man. He changed. He literally... And that's why he's right in the middle. And I really enjoyed that. I noticed that too. That yeah. He's in the middle. So Darlene and Flynn just kind of look at each other as the hotel starts burning. Great and they scramble trick. to get the bag, like, or, or the money back in the bag. The and then Darlene the takes the tape and then the ledger with like their names on it. And she throws it into the fire uh, and it's all like burn. And then they leave the hotel for good. By, and we cut tape. to another title card that says Reno. And then we see people, like, gambling. And we see Father Flynn walking through the casino to the theater bar. And then we see that Darlene is performing. And when she looks over and she sees Flynn, she smiles really big. And she starts singing. But before she opens her mouth, we see the title of the movie pop up. And then that's the end. Yeah, I had the end here. Uh, Darlene sings for the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, they Dan, uh, uh, Doc and Darlene, mm-hmm. acknowledge each other, having both, quote, made it with their respective lives. Cut to black. Title card. Dawn of the Seven. <laughs> oh nah. my god. No, nah, just kidding. Uh, the b- end. Bad Times at the El Royale. Roll credits. Roll credits. Directed by uh, Drew Goddard. <laughs> PGA. Oh my god. Well, Christian, what did you think of this movie? Amazing. Really? Amazing. I still think it's too long. Okay. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> so, is this a... Puff puff pass. Puff puff smash, bro. <laughs> I don't know, Kristen. I feel like it was. I would watch it with you, 
Like, if we were just like, it if is you a were nine out mood, of ten only because my number one movie exists. What's your number one movie? No. <laughs> I don't tell you. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's entertaining, but I just like I feel like there's just too much happening, and then you, I think even you said this, like the ending is so abrupt. You're like, that's oh. it. Yeah, literally, uh, that's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I kind of swear the first time we watched this. She sung in front of, like, a packed crowd. Yeah. I remember that. I know only, like, ten people. Yeah. I was like... Granted, they're in Reno, which I'm is, like, like did I fall city. into another... Am I getting Mandela affected right now? <laughs> Not in the DVD cut. It's, there's less people. It's, it's the actual cut. It's a full room. Literally. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, where is everybody? Literally. And I could have sworn she wore a different outfit, too. And she had her wig on. Do you remember that? Yeah. Because I remember that. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Alright, what is your dream blonde rotation of this cast? Dream or mm-hmm. nightmare? Dream. Uh, Since you love this movie. Father Daniel. Uh, Detective uh, uh, Broadbeck. Mm-hmm. Broadbeck. And uh, Billy. Really? It's like he'd hog all the... <laughs> Oh, He's like, one puff for you, and for you, and then my turn, and then my turn again, <laughs> and then my turn again. He gets to you. It's like, oh, sorry. Oh, it's all gone. <laughs> I broad dog that. Um, I would say Darlene, Father Flynn, Miles. Darlene would be terrible around the. Um, the, the food in the Lazy Susan, and the dream? line, the line separating. California and Nevada. That's that's my dream. That's your dream. That's my dream. That's terrible. <laughs> okay, okay. So I get the L'Oreal Royale sign. Well, you can find me at Twitter at, at Sarah Twitter. underscore WD ninety nine. That's Sarah S A R A. Um, Christian, did you say you wanted to rate this movie? Oh yeah, this movie is a nine out of ten for me. Really. Oh. <laughs> Um, I give it a seven. Seven and a half. What, what, what do you rate World War Z? Because I gave, I think... Eight. You did not give it an eight. Okay, seven and a half. Because it averaged out to like a five or something. Or I mean, I kind of enjoyed it, but it was kind of like, mm, okay. I think I gave it a five and you gave it an eight. And, or and that averages out to like a... Or I gave it a five, you gave it a seven, and that came out to like a six. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah, and the pitch shades are great, too. Mm. <laughs> Um, uh, but this, this one gets a 9 out of 10 for me. That's good. I'm glad you liked it. It's a very you kind of movie. What's that supposed to mean? Like, it's very, like, stylistic and, like, able to keep your attention. Yeah. So, what do you, what, what do you want the next movie to be? I am going to do... We should do Fantastic Four. So, we're going to oh, do yeah. Fantastic Four next week. Um, and it's your job to figure out which one it is. Okay, bye. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Uh, before we go, mm-hmm. I just want to say, mm-hmm. next three movies yeah. are going to be big. Where I'm either thinking my favorite movie <laughs> of all time, uh-huh. or a movie I just recently got interested in seeing, mm-hmm. or a uh, uh, a movie that I've wanted to see for a while, but I haven't got around to it. Okay. I'll let you pick which of those three should I do. And <laughs> 
favorite movie, movie I'm interested in now and want to see, or movie I've always been interested in but never got the chance to see. What should I say? <laughs> or what should or, or what should I pick? What should oh, I pick? Yeah. Just pick. Um, the third one. The third one? Yeah. The one I've always wanted to see. Yeah. Do you want me to see what movie that is? Yeah. Okay, that movie. Is... Not yet. Not yet. We'll do it next week. I'll say it next week. Don't let me forget. It's at the top of my list. It's going to be the Miles Teller version. Bye.